episode 15 of We Built This Life is about Maura and Henry Reed from Zoe & Co Candle Company. This is the third episode in a series highlighting small businesses based in Baltimore, Maryland. Welcome to We Built This Life. This is the podcast that tells stories about entrepreneurs, freelancers, and other business owners who have built their working lives from that first inkling of an idea into careers that help them make the impact that they want to make on this world. My name is Jennifer Walker. I'm a freelance writer, and I love to hear stories about people who have built careers that are meaningful to them. So on this podcast, you'll hear from people who have done just that. They're going to talk about their path to their current work and the risks they took to build their careers from the ground up. Thank you so much for listening today. Hi, welcome today. I'm your host of We Built This Life, Jennifer Walker, and I thank you so much for listening in today for this third episode in a series about Baltimore small business owners. Today we're talking about Maura and Henry Reed from Zoe and Co Candle Company. Maura and Henry are married and they have a three-year-old daughter named Zoe and she is of course the inspiration for their company name and they founded their business in May 2020, so close to the beginning of the pandemic. Maura was unfortunately laid off from her job and she has a background in project management and product development and Maura and Henry also had a background in candle making as a hobby. They started making candles when Maura was pregnant with Zoe and so they decided to turn their hobby into a business last year. So Maura and Henry are going to talk about their creative process and how they come up with their candle scents. They have more than 30 candles that are available on their website in scents like cocoa butter and cashmere. There's a grapefruit and mint candle, banana bread, a nightcap candle. They have a lot of really interesting options and each candle has what seems to me to be an intricate combination of scents that work together to create the final product. So for example, that cocoa butter and cashmere candle has notes of ginger, cinnamon, nutmeg, vanilla, pumpkin, which I was surprised to see, brown sugar, and molasses. So Maura and Henry are going to talk about how they come up with the ideas for their candles. And then they'll also talk about what it's like being a couple who is working together and how they make that work and how they balance running their business with having a young daughter at home. And then of course the successes and challenges that they have experienced as small business owners in general, but especially as small business owners who are in their first year of business and during a pandemic at that. And then sort of along those lines, I thought their perspective as small business owners who did launch their business during the pandemic would be helpful to others too, because apparently more people are launching small businesses. There was a Wall Street Journal story that came out in September of last year, and the title was, and I think this kind of says it all, is it insane to start a business during the coronavirus? Millions of people don't think so. I'll link that story in the show notes, of course, but just to grab a statistic from it, the article says that 2.7 million people filed for employer identification numbers, that's the number you get when you're starting a new business, in 2019, 2.7 million people. And then in 2020, as of September, when the story came out, 3.2 million people had also filed for that employer identification number. So 2.7 million in 2019, 3.2 million in 2020. So that's a 500,000 difference. 500,000 more people filed for an employer identification number in 2020 over 2019, and that is with still three months left to go in the 2020 year. The New York Times had a similar story too about how some people are finding opportunities to start new businesses or to reshape their businesses or the things they offer. Of course, I'll link to that article too, 
both of these stories make the same point, which is that the pandemic has unfortunately left a lot of small businesses in in bad or, or even dire shape. And I think many, if not all of us, are seeing this in our communities. And it's really heartbreaking to see some places that have been around for a long time having to shut their doors. And then other small businesses have also been able to grow and develop during this time. So we're going to hear more in Henry's perspective as small business owners who have started their company during the pandemic and have hit their targets and have been met with success along the way. So before we get started, if this is your first time listening today, first welcome and thank you for being here. As I mentioned, this is the third episode in this series about Baltimore small business owners. There are two other episodes available. Of course, episode 13 was with Devon Pulliam from Tortuga Kombucha. Devon makes kombucha that highlights the flavors of the tea that was used to make it. And he used to be a chef for about a decade or maybe slightly more than that. And he now runs his kombucha business while taking care of his young daughter. And then episode 14 was with Heidi Shank from Row House 14, which is an indie stationery brand that offers greeting cards, stickers, and stationery type products. Heidi was a teacher who started her business by working in the evenings after her days in the classroom, and she got a big order from a large retailer for one of her greeting cards, and from there, everything came together, and she eventually shifted into working on Row House 14 full-time. So these episodes are available. I hope you'll go back and listen, because Devon and Heidi have really amazing stories. Okay, let's get into this week's episode with Maura and Henry Reed from Zoe and Co. Candle Company. So before we get into the business of Zoe and Co. Candle Company today, I thought we should start this story with learning a little bit about Maura and Henry Reed as a couple. Maura is from Baltimore and Henry is from Fort Lauderdale, and they met on a southwest flight between those two cities. Henry sat across from Maura, and at some point they exchanged phone numbers. That was six years ago, and today they're married. They got married in the last year, so during this time of COVID, and they had to rework their wedding plans just a bit as a result of this time frame. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Maura and Henry, and congratulations on your wedding, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you said you had the COVID-style wedding. Did you have like a Zoom wedding? No. Oh, let me break down the story. Can I break down the story, please? <laughs> <laughs> Do we have a little extra time? Can we go? Over yeah, a little yeah. All right. I'd love to hear it. So originally, we were set to get married in Cancun in February 2021. But due to COVID, of course, everyone kind of got scared of everything. And we weren't sure we were actually going to even be able to go over to Mexico. So we kind of decided to scratch that. And we just said we'll do something small here in Baltimore. And it's actually crazy because the day of our actual wedding. That we planned in 10 days. We planned it in 10 days now. What? <laughs> yeah. We planned it. We decided, okay, we're tired of waiting because I knew I wanted to marry more. And she basically told me that she'll accept me as her partner for life. So I said, what are we waiting for? We're already engaged. We already said that we want to marry each other. So let's just do it. And she agreed. So we took the chance. We just said, okay, we have 10 days to do this. And we want to do something small and discreet. We had a permit to do it actually at the top of Fed Hill. Looking over at the harbor, you know exactly what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly the place that you're talking about. Yeah, by the flagpoles yeah, and the cannons. Yeah, by the flagpoles. And I was actually there setting up the runner so more can walk down. And the rain just came from out of nowhere, like a movie. Oh, no. <laughs> and it ruined that plan. So luckily, we still had a room over at the Four Seasons Inn, the Inner Harbor. Harbor East. Harbor East. 
So we just decided we took our little 10 people that we had and we had a nice corner suite. Then we actually, we got married right in our hotel room. <laughs> we, yeah, my girlfriends, they moved the furniture and, you know, my, my brother actually got ordained to marry us. So we kept it very small. Yeah. And it was perfect. We'll figure it out later. I have a dress that I haven't worn. So we'll get married one day. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great story though. Yeah. We made it happen. And afterwards, we celebrated with, you know, some of our close friends and relatives, and it was awesome. We spent the rest of the weekend at the Four Seasons, and that was great. Yeah, it was a nice little three, four days. Yeah, exactly. A little staycation, that's what you call it? Yeah. A little staycation. But we did what we had to do to get married, and at the end of the day, that was the main priority, and we knew we wanted to do it for us and for our daughter, so we made it happen, you know? (laughs) So not only did Moore and Henry get married in this last year during the pandemic, this is also when they started their business, Zoe & Co. Candle Company, which focuses on hand-poured soy candles. As I mentioned, they started making candles four years ago when Maura was pregnant, or they were pregnant with Zoe. And when their circumstances changed during the pandemic, they thought about their hobby, this hobby they had developed for themselves, and whether it could be more than that. So we launched Zoe & Co. in May during the quarantine. I was laid off unfortunately in March so we sort of like figured out quickly what we wanted to do we used to make candles during our pregnancy yeah Maura she was actually pregnant with Zoe and we were just trying to find different things that we can do just to kind of pass time little things that we can actually do together instead of going out to a bar or going to a movie or something and we just so happened to come across candles and of course there was a lot of trial and error but once we actually got the measurements and got everything correct we found out that we were doing a pretty good job <laughs> and we just started making our own candles. So we didn't have to go to Bath and Body Works or anything. Yeah, I was a home goods fanatic and bought candles every single week. So it definitely made Henry happy that I wasn't spending money <laughs> constantly. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a lot of money going down the drain just to figure out what worked and what we actually liked and cared for within a candle. Do you remember the first candle kind of scent that you made that you really liked or that you made, period? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was lavender. So I'm not a lavender fanatic, but we sort of found like a mix between like a lavender and patchouli and we added fresh eucalyptus to it. So that was our first one. It was terrible at first. (laughs) We threw a lot of candles away. We wasted a lot of oils. But yeah, that was our first scent. Wow. You make them in your house? Do you have like a studio within your house or in your kitchen? Oh my gosh. I wish we had a studio. Yeah, our home is our studio. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, we are cooking or melting down wax over our stove. We're pouring on our island. We are letting them rest on our dining room table. We print labels in our office. We package them in our dining room and in the living room so we're all over the place yep (laughs) using all the space we are we are it works for us i love that i love that you're working with what you've got and just making it work so how did you turn this interest that you had in candle making into a business Yeah. So once I was laid off, we quickly decided to create something that we both were passionate about. We've always wanted to start a company together or business together, whether it was like apparel or or anything. So since we had experience in candle making, 
we just started like gifting them to our friends and our family who love them. And then we were actually put in contact with someone in LA who has a jewelry company. And she was the first one to push our candles. And since then, we've had loyal customers who have talked about us to other friends and family. So it's been like a great experience and it grew pretty quickly. Yeah. And I can definitely say, so people always say that when you're down and out, even though Morris, she didn't have a job, but I'm like, okay, well, what time is a good time? So we said, okay, let's just invest our own money and let's find something to do. Like either we win or we lose, but either way we try. So we jumped out there here at first and I guess it's paying off now. Yeah. I always say if you fail, you fail fast. So good thing we didn't fail. <laughs> and yeah, it's been great since then. Yeah. Did you go into it with it? Were you feeling confident or did you have any like fears in the beginning that you kind of had to address or how, how are you feeling when you started the business? Yeah. So we were, we went in with an open mind. We keep very little inventory. So it's not like we had a lot of money just sitting around and not moving. So we weren't nervous at all. I mean, we were actually excited. Yeah. And then you started with, you said a jeweler in LA, you were selling your candles with the jeweler, like on their website or in their store? No. So one of our friends, his wife introduced us to her friend who lives in LA and her name is Emily. She owns a jewelry store in LA and she actually posted a photo and a video on our Instagram just promoting us. And that was in June. And then since then, we've been busy. We really appreciate everything that everyone's done for us. Do you remember your first sales other than the LA jeweler? Is that vivid for you the first time that you dropped off your candles to somebody? I think so. Like that weekend, we were actually at Bordy's for a friend's birthday. And we kept getting notifications that orders were coming in. And we got so excited and we were happy. And we went home and we knocked them out the next day. But then after that, yeah, it's just been like an ongoing like process and every order we get, we're very joyful and very happy and we treat it like we're making it for us. We don't take it for granted either. So today I'm recording this in February, 2021 and Zoe and Co. Kindle Company has been in existence for nine months. They have at my count, you know, I could be slightly off here, but they have about 33 candle scents available on their website, as well as 15 scents that are on clearance at the time of this recording. So to give an idea of some of their products, a little bit more of an idea, I have the Sweater Weather Candle. It's a fall holiday scent, but last I looked, it's still available and it smells delicious and warm. The notes on this candle are pecan, cedar, cinnamon, chrysanthemum, appleberry, and green leaves, which I thought was an interesting addition. And then kind of on the other side of the spectrum in the masculine category, though the scent of this candle sounds amazing to me too as a woman, but there's a candle called Speakeasy that has notes of whiskey, smoke, oak, tonka beans, sandalwood, amber, dark musk, and coriander. There are other candle scent categories too. There's a fresh and clean category, relax and unwind, and floral. And they have a candle called For the Love of Chocolate that I'm so tempted to order when I finish my current candle because it sounds amazing. So I asked Maureen Henry how they come up with their candle scents because to me they seem really intricate with some interesting combinations of scents. So this is what they said about their creative process. So I know we usually kind of go off seasonal and like as we're we're going through we try to come up with like different scents based on a beach vibe or a cabin feel or maybe a walk through the woods or something because we know it's so many different types of people and we can't just cater to just all women so we have to think about some guys that love candles and love great scents 
So we have to try to find a way to mold everything together to where everything fits and we have something for everyone. Mm -hmm. We try to think about it from that aspect of things because Maura has completely different tastes than I do. (laughs) So if we can merge both of those cultures into one, I feel like it's great. Yeah, Henry's originally from Fort Lauderdale. So he likes the beachy, the the like fresh scents, but he also has like the masculine, like the spiced honey tobacco or the Caribbean teak with the mahoganies that he loves. While I'm from Baltimore and we still love the beachy, the sea salt smell, the freshness of the candles, but we love Deep Creek. So we like the woodsy and just anything. So anything that reminds us of home, of things we like, of yeah. Florida, of our grandparents, of our moms. We named one Roxanne, which my mom absolutely loves. So we named it after her middle name, which she absolutely loves. And she just picked up two <laughs> for, her, for herself. But yeah, so we base it off of the things that we love and that we admire. Yeah, I love that. Like what you are saying about how you come up with your candle scents and how you're inspired by the world around you and by the people in your life. That's really amazing. Is there a lot of trial and error with getting the scent the way you want it to be? Or do you find that it comes out how you envisioned it pretty quickly? The first time is never correct. Like you always have to make little adjustments to it. But I think kind of once we know what we're getting and once we smell it, if we want to pair it with something else, then we always kind of know, okay, well, which direction we want to go. So say we get like a honey scent, like a spice honey. If we love it how it is, okay. But if we smell it and we know it's something else that we have and we can possibly combine it and it's like a different scent that no one else has. Like a fire or like a yeah, smoky. like a fireside or something. Yeah. We try to mix it up like that. Your candles are so beautiful, by the way. Henry dropped off the two that I ordered to me yesterday. And I love like the glass and like the even the top, like that copper color. And the one candle I got had the designs in the top, like the two leaves. That's so beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. We really appreciate it. I haven't wanted to burn it yet. So yeah, so that was actually new. We Since we had like eucalyptus, fresh eucalyptus to the top of our lavender candles, I'm like, we need something pretty. So I went on Amazon, I bought these silicon like molds and I make these like leaves or pumpkins or snowflakes, snowflakes and I put them on based on the, the scent or the fragrance of the candle. Yeah, it's like a nice surprise when you open it up. Yeah, it's definitely been a work in progress. We used to use these like basic clear jars. We actually wrote the fragrance on the labels when we first started. So we've we've come up <laughs> since, since we May. We definitely grow from the first time in May. <laughs> we've grown. It's been a work in progress. Yeah. Oh, I guess that stuff's always evolving. Has your packaging changed a lot too, or is it mainly with the labels? Yeah, no, it's uh, more with the labels in the jars. We found those beautiful, like, hexagon designs in the jars. So those are our, like, key pieces now instead of just a basic glass jar. But the white boxes always stay the same. The ribbon or the twine has stayed the same. No, we changed it a little bit for the holiday season. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we've kept the white box and we always add a note. So for the most part, it's been the same and consistent, but the jars and the labels have definitely grown. Yeah. What about sustainability? You had something on your website about a commitment to sustainability. Can you talk about that? Sure. Yeah. So we constantly urge our candle lovers to return their jars once they're done. We keep a very low inventory of jars to cut down on transit. And because we care for the environment, we recycle and we do what we can on our part. Once we receive packages from our vendors, 
all the packages that we ship out are recycled packaged peanuts and bubble from our actual vendors because we just want to help and not add any more unnecessary trash to our environment. And the peanuts that we use, they're actually biodegradable. So if water hits it, they dissolve. But like I said, we definitely recycle our old jars to keep our inventory low. Our candles are actually made from 100% soy, which is farmed and harvested, so they're not blended with other materials. Our fragrances are clean fragrances, and we just want to make sure that your home or office or wherever you're burning the candles is remaining clean and safe. Yeah, we wouldn't want to have any black sun left over anyone's candles or on their wall or anything. So we try to think about the customer first before we even get the product out, just to make sure everyone is safe and everything is safe and clean and it works. And going back to the soy, it's 100% soy. We have soy wax all over our counters and we just use Dawn and water and a scrub brush and it just comes right off. So there's no like toxins or anything added or anything put into the air. I love that. I love that you uh, founded your business with that in mind. That's really cool. Yeah, we tested so many oils that turn black and that we see black soot going into the air. Those are oils that we refrain from using. I didn't know that about oils, that that could happen. Yeah. 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 It comes out looking like a tar type color and it just looks disgusting. Yeah. So we make sure everything's clean. My friend actually texted me a photo yesterday asking me like why her candle had a little bit of black from it. And I just told her to trim the wick. So it comes from the wick once it's burned. So if you ever do see any black, let us know. But it's mainly if the wicks are not trimmed. Okay. Yeah. I saw that note that you should start out trimming them right before you burn them. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. That's a great tip. So just to shift gears, you mentioned not to compare yourself to other people around you. Do you find that, I mean, there are other people who make candles in Baltimore, right? How did you find like the right style for your candles to fit within this community in Baltimore? So we kind of just took our own personal ideas and our personal style. Like I said, we started with just a regular jar, like a regular tumbler. And the more we we actually went into the space and we saw all the different decorations on candles and all the different things that you can possibly do with candles, we kind of found something that worked for us because we like clean and fresh and we don't like too much activity or too much color, but we want to have a product to where it's not just something that's meant for more. It's something that if your daughter went into a store and saw it, she'll love it. If your husband went into a store, he'll probably walk past it and turn around and be like, hmm, that's different. That's nice. Like, that's why we went with like the hexagon design on the candles because it's so clean and crisp and like, who wouldn't love it? And it's something we didn't really see it out there before. We haven't seen too many candles like that either. So it works for us. Yeah, my husband came downstairs yesterday and saw the candle. I had taken the sweater weather candle out of the box. And that's the first thing he said. I like this glass. Awesome. (laughs) So yeah, that hexagon design. Yes, it's a cool jar. Yeah, we love it. We were actually looking to launch those as like our luxury line. We bought some more expensive oils to launch. We were playing around with like a pop the cork and like something more elegant and something that's more gifting and celebratory. And those are the jars that we were going to use them for. Um, But we were like, let's just ditch these jars and just make these our staple point. And 
it worked for us. We love them. We were we actually, <laughs> fun fact, we took our jars one day. We went to IKEA and we sort of staged them throughout <laughs> IKEA to take photos. And someone walked up and said, "They're, they're beautiful. Where'd you get them? What aisle are they in, or what section are they in?" And we're like, "Well, they're ours." <laughs> but we were just using these awesome rooms in IKEA to take pictures. Oh like, my gosh, I low love key. That. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, yeah, we have like a cute little home, but we don't have all the little stages in the kitchens and the, you know, like Ikea has so many different spaces. So we actually used that. We weren't sure if that was legal or not, but we, (laughs) we, we did it. (laughs) It worked for us. Yeah, that's a great idea. Because you're right, you get so many different types of rooms when you do that. Exactly. I would have never thought of that, but I I love it. Yeah, it was just something we actually, we picked Zoe up from daycare one day. And we already had the candles made and more. She's been saying it for like a few weeks. And like, finally, we picked the time and we just said, okay, let's just go. Once we picked Zoe up from school, we went and we had a mini photo shoot in Ikea and it, the pictures came out awesome. On our iPhones. Yeah, on the iPhone. <laughs> and you would have thought we had a professional photographer, even though more she's excellent with that type of stuff. You would have thought that we hired a photographer. But we made it work for ourselves, and it was no money, no extra money put out for it. <laughs> I was just say user resources. Yeah, user resources. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if that person who asked about your candles went on your website afterwards. I have no idea. Reach out if you do, if you hear this. <laughs> Along with being business owners, Moore and Henry are also parents to three-year-old Zoe, which of course their company is named after. So in the last year, they quickly planned a wedding and got married and launched a business, and that was all while parenting a toddler. They have still been able to work on Zoe and Co. Candle Company while being parents by involving Zoe in the work they do when they can, but also helping her understand when she can be involved, you know, what tasks she can help with, and then what jobs mom and dad have to handle on their own. So helping her understand that balance and maybe a little bit about how the business works and what her role can be in it, even as young as she is. It's definitely challenging at times. Zoe wants to play and color and she has a love of doing Henry's makeup right now (laughs) and making him beautiful, playing princess. But we actually sort of involve Zoe. So if she wants to smell the candles, if she wants to help us pour or package, we incorporate her in everything we do if she wants to do it. Sometimes, I mean, she's two, so... It's up to her on what she wants to do, but it's definitely a lot of time management and that's key to making everything work. Yeah, she usually likes to play inside of the shipping peanuts. <laughs> that's her thing. Oh yeah, so when we're packaging everything, she'll say, Daddy and Mommy, let me help, let me help. And she grabs the box of peanuts and she helps us put them inside the boxes and basically get everything right. So we have to kind of try to balance that part of it, but as long as she's involved, and she's happy, that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. And we get our job done. Yeah, that's great that she has her own little job. And I can see how the packing peanuts would be like the most fun for a two-year-old. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Her thing now is when labels come off the printer, she's like, mommy, here's your labels or here's your paper. So she'll help us wherever she feels that she can. Oh, that's really cool. So you're able to do your work a little bit when she's awake. You don't necessarily have to wait for naps or for the evening or anything like that. It depends. <laughs> it depends how big the job is. But usually we can play something on the TV for her, like cooking or something along those lines. And when she gets the urge to come over and be in our space, then she'll be in our space. Yeah, but she understands when mommy and daddy, when we're working, 
she understands the dynamic a tad bit now. So it works for us. Does Zoe have a favorite candle scent? <laughs> Everything is, that smells good. She loves anything with flowers and anything pink or purple. So she loves like the Saturday mornings, we put little like flower petals in the Saturday morning candles. So anything that has color, she's attracted to. bright and vibrant. Mm-hmm. That's her thing. Bright and vibrant. Yeah. So let's catch up on Mora and Henry's professional backgrounds because I haven't mentioned too much about that yet. Mora had always worked in project management and product development, so working with creatives, designers, and vendors to launch products. And Henry works in finance at the University of Maryland Department of Anesthesiology. So this kind of seems like an ideal combination of skills for two people who are launching a business together. And they really do draw on their strengths when working together, but they also have an all-hands-on-deck approach when needed to do what they need to do for the business. So I'm more like the creative, so I figure out what looks great. We both tackle new fragrances. I print the labels. He preps the jars. We both do the pouring and the mixing, and he helps a lot with shipping and pricing. So we sort of like divide and conquer. Yeah, we intertwine everything. It'll be some days where I may have to take on a bulk of the work. And it may be other days when more she's managing everything and I'm just there to assist how I can. <laughs> so we just have to roll with the punches sometimes. And if one of us have to step up and do something, we just make sure it gets taken care of. It sounds like you both are a good balance working together too. Maura, you have that creative side and Henry, you have that financial side. Is that like a nice balance when you're thinking about the business? It is. Yeah. I'm like, go, go, go. And he's like, Maura, slow down. Let's, let's take a breath. Yeah. We have to be smart because it is a, a huge financial responsibility that we're thinking about, even though we know most of the time, okay, we can get our money back, but you kind of want to make sure (laughs) you're not going over your head. You know, that's one thing I learned dealing with finance. Even though you have the money to spend, you don't want to spend all of it at once. So we just kind of take our time and just let everything play out how it needs to play out. It's not a race. (laughs) It's not a race. So I feel like as long as she continues to push the envelope, we'll get things out when we need to. But we don't need to get everything out right now. That's how I feel about it. Were you guys always interested in making things? Did you grow up like being somebody who was drawn to making a lot of things? Or was it really candles was kind of the first thing that you were drawn to? So I feel like that's more Mora. That wasn't really my idea of things, but I knew I wanted to do something. I knew I wanted to create some sort of business. I've always been in the business of, I wouldn't say pleasing people, but I like to see people smile. So I knew I always wanted to do something that was positive and something that I'd be happy about, something that my daughter would be happy about, you know, and being that I can do something with my family. I feel like my daughter's watching everything that we're doing. That's a huge positive in my book. Yeah. And I've grown up always in the creative space, whether it was art in elementary school and middle school. I went to art high school and I majored in photography in college. So I was always around like creative people and creative spaces and an environment that pushed being creative and not worrying about anything besides making you happy. So both sets of our friends are both creative. They're both motivating and inspirational. So I think that's what's keeping us going also. Yeah. So throughout these last nine months, Moore and Henry's biggest challenges have 
all been hurdles that I would imagine many small businesses are facing because of the times we are in during the pandemic. So that includes product shortages, mail delays. And then on the other side of this, their biggest successes have been growing their audience. And then by doing little things like handwriting notes that go in every order or delivering the candles themselves in Baltimore so they can chat with their customers, just making connections with that audience. I think our biggest challenge when we started was wick testing, just finding the perfect wax for us that fit our needs and vendors, <laughs> like sourcing vendors. Like that's my background, sourcing vendors and working with our partners. But like right now we're in limbo with FedEx. So I think that's been our biggest challenge, especially with the glass shortage that's happening right now. Many vendors are low on inventory. It actually hit us more over the last month. I know there's so many people who are launching candle companies right now. So it's that, it's the glass shortage, it's packages being delayed right now. So it's been in like importing. I'm sure our vendors are receiving it from internationally. So the ports are overwhelmed and bombarded or something can't come in on time. So yeah, it's definitely been a hit. But last week we actually had to temporarily discontinue our 10 ounce candles because we were out. We had one burning in our bathroom and we melted it down and we sold it because someone ordered it before we cut them off for the time being. So we do what we have to do. And if my mom or our friends have jars that we need, we're like, hey, send them over because we need to ship it out (laughs) or burn it out and reuse it. (laughs) So we do what we have to do to make our group happy. So I think just keeping inventory and keeping our customers aware is, it's a challenge, but we are transparent with everything that we do. But I think our biggest success right now is growing our audience. Our audience has definitely grown over the last eight months, and we've been hitting our goals month over month. Our local support systems have definitely contributed to our success. You know how close the Baltimore knit is, so that's been great as well. Yeah, we try to keep everyone on the same page. So as long as we do things that we feel that we'll love, we think the same energy will come back once we actually give the product to someone. So as long as we have that communication there, we try to make sure that we have the little notes that we send because we want it to be personable to where we want people to know that, okay, we want this to go into your home and we want you guys to feel comfortable and love this product the same way that we love it. So when it comes to, I guess the challenges is all, we can't just think about ourselves. Like we have to make sure that we put a product out there that once you open it, you're going to love it, you know, and it's up to your standards. So that's where we are right now. And even like Morris said with the FedEx and UPS, so you have to think ahead of time, just being that we're in COVID times and like you can expect a package to be there in two or three days, but what if it doesn't show up for like a week? Or two. <laughs> a week or two. <laughs> So you have to kind of plan beforehand and you kind of want to have that avenue to communicate to the person just so they're not screaming in your ear because they're wondering where that package is, you know? So it's also good that we can actually have that conversation and everyone feels welcome or we can talk to them as if they're family because we're definitely in different times right now. So that's the main challenge. Did you have a vision for the business when you started, like an idea of what you thought being a small business owner might look like? So I don't think we really went into it with with an idea. Yeah, with any ideas. Like we literally jumped in the eight feet and we just started swimming. So like we knew we were going to have to put some sweat and tears into everything. But once we actually got rolling and we kind of settled down and we just took a seat and actually took a deep breath, we noticed that we can do it and it's just up to us. So like even though we're going to get overwhelmed sometimes, we're probably going to have a lot of orders coming in and 
both of us have to go to work. We just take the time. We come home, you know, have a nice meal and we get to work and we do what we can do. And we make sure we're in constant communication and we just get our job taken care of. So when it comes to just excelling every part, I feel like we're doing it. And it's what we need for our company because we're doing everything with love. So once you do that, I feel like everything else will work itself out. Yeah, I think when we first made candles just for us, we were living in Picktown Main Street, like right over the Picktown Main Street office. Just making it for us, like we never thought that we would be making it three years later, staying up until 2 a.m. sometimes making candles. And we just have to do what we have to do to get it done. We pride ourselves on trying to get them out under a certain time frame. So I think we've been rocking it together and it's been fun. It's been challenging. It's been frustrating. It's been all the emotions above, but we do it with a lot of coffee, with tequila, <laughs> with whiskey, whatever we whatever we need to do to, to get it out. And yeah, we make sure it goes. And like sometimes we kind of have to make sure we watch each other because like we're human. So like naturally when you're working with someone, you have to kind of take two brains and you have to make them fit this one mold. So sometimes we can get into it a tad bit, but once we realize, okay, what the end goal is, sometimes you have to put your pride to the side and you have to be willing to let someone else leave every once in a while. And then it comes back to you because once you see the ending product, you kind of look at each other, <laughs> give each other a kiss and we keep going. We keep going. That is good advice, that sometimes you need space when working with someone else, and then you keep moving forward after that. What other advice would you have for small business owners who are thinking about starting a small business or who already have that business? And then in particular, those who are planning to go into business with a spouse or fiance or life partner. Yeah. So he was my fiance when we first <laughs> started selling candles. And I now, put a ring on it. <laughs> and now we had a COVID style wedding and now he's my husband. But I think just do it. I don't think you should wait until you think that you're absolutely perfect and have everything in line because change is constant and you always evolve. So I say just have what you need, like the essentials you need, the vendors, your inventory, your finances in line and just go you're going to evolve. You're constantly going to change. Your clientele is going to change. I also don't think that relying on your family and friends, even though we have a great support system, is your clientele. You have to reach out to other people outside of your circle and who you're comfortable with and promote to them and advertise and partner and work with local people within that industry and space that you feed off of and collaborate and work together. And i say one thing. So basically... Time waits on no man, no woman. So I feel like if you have an idea, if you have a few finances to back what you're trying to do, I second what Morris said. But if you have a passion or you have an idea, I say just jump on it because you can always make adjustments while you're rolling. You don't have to necessarily get in the car and go 100 miles per hour out of the gate. You can take your time and go into it, make your adjustments as you're going, still start to grow your business and reach out to different people and connect with different people from all over the country or different countries for that aspect. But just know that things won't always be the same. Sometimes you're going to hit a bad spot, but what are you going to do once you actually hit that rough patch? You have to continue going. So don't get defeated and have fun. Have fun. Don't keep your head down too long because things will change. And when the time is right, it'll work out at the best time and you're going to be proud of yourself because it's nothing like doing something for yourself that you started on your own. And then once you have your circle of people that's rooting you on, 
is no better feeling because you started it by yourself. And I also say, don't look at the person that's next to you because there's many different avenues to find success. So therefore, a person may do something completely different than you, but that doesn't mean that you won't still meet at the same point. So just keep your head down and continue grinding because what's meant for you, it will be given to you. You just have to stay patient and work your butt off and go from there. I think this is a good place to leave Maura and Henry's story. What is really sticking out to me from this episode is just how positive Maura and Henry are. Starting a new business can be scary. Being in the first year of anything, no matter what it is, can be really scary. And they just threw themselves into it and are taking things as they come. And to me, this is just my feeling from the conversation I have with them. They seem kind of fearless, which I find really inspirational. And then the piece of advice I really love is when Morris said that when you're starting a new business, you can't rely on just your family and friends to carry that business. Even though having that support system is so, so amazing and helpful. But you also have to get outside of your comfort zone a little bit. Talk to people who maybe you don't know and make other connections and collaborate and partner with other local businesses or people who are in your field. You have to kind of stretch and get uncomfortable at some point, and that's how you build and grow. And I think that's a really important point that Maura made. And then I also really loved what Henry said about how there is no better feeling than starting something on your own and how proud you'll feel for doing that. That really resonated with me. That is how I'm starting to feel about this podcast. You start new things and everything is uncertain at first and you make mistakes, but you do it for a while and what you've been doing kind of starts to grow or you build up a body of work or some experiences behind you. And I think Henry's right. It's just such a great feeling when you go for it and you work at it. And then eventually you can look back on what you've done and how far you've come. It kind of does feel amazing. And I think this is good advice for anyone working for themselves in some capacity to hear, but especially those who are starting at the beginning or who have hit a roadblock. Think back to how you started and how far you've come and what you've accomplished because you should feel really proud of yourself for starting something on your own and just going for it. So thank you so, so much to Maura and Henry Reed from Zoe and Co. Candle Company for talking with me for this episode. I will, of course, link their website and social media so you can take a look at their candles, the types of scent combinations they have, and see which ones speak to you, especially now. Now is the time to burn candles, I think. Many of us are still at home a lot, and a candle just creates that cozy ambiance. And the whole presentation of their candles, like the scents are really lovely, the hexagon glass jar, the lid, it's all really beautiful. So I highly recommend seeing what Zoe & Co. Candle Company has to offer. So this is the last of the Baltimore series episodes that I record in December. So I don't have any sneak peeks of upcoming episodes. I'll be shifting into the mode of looking for new guests. I'd like to do at least one more episode focused on Baltimore small businesses, one or two small businesses as part of this series. And then I love to talk to small business owners from anywhere, whether that's in Baltimore or anywhere else who might want to share their stories. If that is you and you'd like to be on the show, please get in touch. Sending a DM on Instagram is probably the best way. And I'm at We Built This Life. I would absolutely love to hear from you. Okay, thank you so much for listening today and I will see you soon. Thank you for listening today to We Built This Life. If you enjoyed the show or if you have constructive feedback, I would love it if you would leave a review on your favorite podcast player. You can also come say hi on Instagram. I'm at We Built This Life. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, please get in touch. I would love to hear from you. Have an amazing day and I'll see you soon.